This episode is for the mommies and the daddies out there. It is not easy to be a parent. But fortunately, I have some training in positive discipline. And this is helpful because society's really changed in the past 20, 30 years. Um, parents are often frustrated. They don't have a lot of time to read all these parenting books. Um, so this is a positive discipline workbook. It's created by Dr. Jane Nelson. And there are beautiful illustrations in it by Alicia, Diane, Durand, and Paula Gray. So positive discipline is a new take on raising children. It's a lot different. You know, a lot of us grew up with our parents yelling at us or spanking us or um, we were grounded all the time. So things have really changed. And the tools in this workbook include... um, a lot of new tools that actually get better results statistically. Um, there are short activities and role plays that help you to get into your child's world. Um, role playing is definitely not about being a great actor or actress, and you might feel silly doing it, but role playing increases your understanding of why certain discipline methods are more effective and why some aren't. Um, feel silly and do it anyway. You'll see that it's fun, you'll get in touch with your inner child, and you'll learn a lot about your child. Um, This is no guarantee that you'll become a perfect parent. There's no such thing, by the way. (laughs) Um, I guarantee you're going to learn to enjoy parenting more when you practice these tools. And also, you need to remember that mistakes are wonderful opportunities to learn and grow. They are teaching moments. And this is a great model for your kids. So not only are you connecting with your kids and learning how to foster growth and independence and positivity in your children, but you're modeling how to parent. So this will create a new pattern in your family when your children grow up and have children they will do what mom and dad did. So if you come from a family that yelled, that was abusive, maybe neglectful, it's time for you to break those patterns and learn some new tools. So let's go. Lesson one, what do you want for your children? Curiosity questions and hugs will be covered today. So think about what you want for your children. Imagine your child is now 25 years old and has knocked on your door for a surprise visit. What type of person do you hope to see standing in front of you? What characteristics and life skills do you hope that your child has at the age of 25? Most parents don't realize that discipline methods they use really don't help them achieve what they really want for their children. So the first step in learning to be the best, but not perfect, parent that you can be is to create a roadmap to guide your destination. So these next two activities are going to help you to be clear about what you want for your children. So all future lessons will help you arrive at your destination. 
This is a to-list activity, so grab a notebook and a pen if you don't already have it with you. Um, You're going to draw a line down the center of the paper, and on the left, write now challenges, and on the right, write future characteristics and life skills. Under the future heading, List the characteristics and life skills that you hope your child will have in the future. And under the now heading, list all the challenges you're experiencing right now with your child. Are they stubborn? Uh, Do they freak out and scream when they hear the word no? Um, What kind of challenges are you experiencing at this time with your child, no matter what age they are, from toddler all the way up? And on the other column in the future, do you want them to have skills to handle their emotions and resolve conflict? Do you want them to be able to accept rejection and the word no in a healthy manner and move forward? Do you want them to have good problem-solving skills? Do you want them to have confidence? What type of future characteristics and life skills would you like for them to have? So if you need to go ahead and pause, go ahead and pause. I'm going to give you a few more examples here. So in the example here on the now column, the challenges of now, the examples say things such as will not listen, talks back, lack of motivation, they're cussing, they're interrupting, they have homework issues, they're hard to get up in the morning, it's hard to get them to go to bed, They lie, they steal, they cheat, they fight, they bite, they whine, temper tantrums, constantly on their phone texting, Um, they're addicted to screen time, they won't do their chores, they're defiant, they're stubborn, materialistic, entitled, and then you look at the next column future characteristics and life skills you want your child to have. So here are some great examples. Belief in personal capability, self-discipline, responsibility and self-accountability, self-confidence and courage, desire to cooperate and contribute to society, good communication tools, good problem-solving skills, Motivation to learn, a good work ethic, honesty, sense of humor, happiness, healthy self-esteem, flexible, resilient, curious, respect for themselves and others, compassion, and a social consciousness. So that, that gives you a few ideas on what you might write in challenges and future characteristics and life skills you would like to see. If there's something I didn't have in these examples, go ahead and add that. What would you like to add to your list? Now and life skills and characteristics, now and future, brainstormed by parents in many classes, Um, They're always very similar, so that's where these examples have come from. So here's what you and your child will learn from this. 
future. Self-discipline, responsibility, accountability, self-confidence, communication, sense of humor, respect for self and others. First, for your first example of using a challenge as an opportunity for learning. On the next page, we're going to have a little discussion of the challenging of not listening. So this will help you better understand that behavior challenges create wonderful opportunities to teach. It helps you to teach your children the valuable social and life skills that you want for them. You're going to learn why punishments and rewards don't always work, how to get into your child's world and understand what works and what doesn't on a long-term basis, many parenting tools that are empowering and encouraging for you and your children, how to be encouraging to your children and to yourself when you make mistakes. So hang a copy of your list of characteristics and life skills where you will see it daily so that you can keep your end goal in mind when you use positive parenting. So here's the example of the child who does not listen. When parents say their children do not listen, what they mean is, my child won't obey me. Would you rather have cooperation and motivation from within than obedience from fear or from a child who is learning to be an approval junkie? When children don't listen, it could be that you're lecturing or you're making demands that create a classic power struggle. You might say, do, and your child says, won't, in words, by, in words or actions. If you complain that your child doesn't listen, could it be that you are not modeling what listening is about? Children will listen to you after they feel listened to. Let me repeat that. Children will listen to you after they feel listened to. When your child tells you something, do you listen or do you explain, get defensive, or lecture? Do you try to talk your child out of his or her feelings? Oh, you shouldn't cry about that. Oh, you shouldn't be angry about that. Do you try to fix your child's feelings? or solve the problem. So it's important with positive discipline to try listening. Try validating your child's feelings. Try asking conversational curiosity questions and the motivational curiosity questions. So let's start with stop telling. Parents tell their children what happened, what caused it to happen, how they should feel, what they should do. The root of education is educare, which means to draw forth. Your lecture goes in one ear and out the other. Stop trying to stuff in and then wonder why your child is tuning out. So ask conversational curiosity questions. Instead of telling your child something, try asking. Ask questions such as, what were you trying to do there? How do you feel about what happened? 
What did you learn from that? What ideas do you have to solve the problem or prevent it from happening again? Don't use the above examples as a script. Be sure your questions come from your heart and fit the situation and that you truly are curious about what your child is thinking or feeling. So you would paraphrase these in your own words. What are you trying to accomplish? What were you trying to do? What were you hoping would happen when you did that? Um, How do you feel about what happened? What kind of emotions are going through your mind right now as a result of this? Um, Are you sad, happy, mad that that happened? What ideas do you have to prevent it from happening again? What could you do different in the future to make it go the way you want it to go? Or what kind of changes could you make to get a different outcome? Okay, so you want to reword it um, so you don't sound clinical. Make sure it's in your own language. Okay, and then asking versus telling activity. So you'll find two people who will role play with you. Family family members, including your children, can have fun learning with you. Prepare, Prepare a script for the role players. And I'll give you examples of how to do that in just a sec. You be the child and have the other people play the parent. So you could do a role reversal with your children. Walk back and forth between the telling parent and the asking parent. Listen to their statements without responding. Just notice what you are thinking, feeling, and deciding while, the, while you are role-playing the child. So when you finish the role-play, you share what you were thinking, feeling, and deciding as the child while hearing the telling statements and the motivational asking statements. And just kind of make a mental note of what you felt and what you learned from the experience. So here, here's, here's some examples. You'll do the same thing on a, on a page of paper. Draw a line down the middle. On the left, write the word telling. And on the right, write the word asking. For telling, write, go brush your teeth. Don't forget your coat. Do your homework. Stop fighting with your brother. Go do your chores. Stop whining. Pick up your toys. On the asking side, what do you need to do so your teeth will feel squeaky clean? What are you taking so you won't be cold outside? What's your plan for doing your homework today? How can you and your brother solve this problem? What did we decide about what to do with our dishes when we are finished eating? What can you do so you will catch the bus on time? How can we communicate more respectfully? What is your responsibility when you're finished playing with your toys? So, what were you learning? Check your characteristics and life skills list to see what you were learning during the role play with the child as you role played the role of the child and listening to the difference between the telling parent 
and the asking parent. Telling creates a physiological tension in the body and a message to the brain to resist because as the old saying goes, persistence causes resistance. Asking creates a physiological relaxation and sends a message to the brain to search for an answer. So it creates and fosters problem solving. Your child is learning to feel capable while searching for an answer and is more likely to feel inspired to contribute. So definitely journal about this experience. It will deepen your learning and help you prepare for the future. Next up is connection through hugs after this quick break. Okay, connection through hugs. Connection before correction. This is an important theme of positive discipline. Children learn when they feel safe and can access their rational brain. They cannot learn when they feel threatened. Dr. Bob Bradbury, a Seattle Adlerian therapist, interviewed a father who wanted to help his four-year-old who often threw temper tantrums. Dr. Bradbury suggested that he ask his child for a hug. The father said, wouldn't that reward the behavior? Dr. Bradbury assured the father that it would not, so the father agreed. The following week, the father described what happened the next time his son had a tantrum. The father said, I need a hug. And his son said, what? And father said, I need a hug. Son, incredulous, through his sobs, said, now? And father said, yes, now. The son, with reluctance, said, oh, all right, and stiffly gave his father a hug. After a few seconds, he relaxed into his father's arms. Father said, thank you, I needed that. And the son said with a little sob, so did I. And he didn't throw a tantrum. So a misbehaving child is a discouraged child. Encouragement changes brain chemistry and behavior. By giving his father a hug, the little boy felt his innate desire to contribute. And in the process, he felt connected and capable. So practice and reading assignments if you're using this workbook. Think about how often you tell your child something rather than asking. Put a dollar in the jar for every time you use a telling statement. And at the end of the week, count the money and take your family out for ice cream. Think about how you could have engaged in asking instead of telling so that you would be better prepared next time. When you or your child is upset, try asking for a hug. If he or she says no, respect that and let them know that you would like a hug when they're ready and then walk away. Journal about what you are learning to deepen your experience. Start a list of positive discipline tools that you are learning. Journal about the tools that you have tried and how they worked and how they helped your child 
and how they help foster the life skills that you hope for your child to develop. If they did not seem to work, journal about that and see if you can discover why they didn't work as you keep learning. There are no parenting tools that work every time for your child. That's why you're going to need a whole lot of them. This workbook is quite extensive and I will go on and uh, start lesson two. So we'll have lesson one and two today. Lesson two is what is positive discipline? Kind and firm positive time out. That's what I will cover on lesson two. So in terms of discipline, think about what you have tried. When parents claim they've tried everything, well, I challenge you to write down everything. (laughs) Write down, okay, okay, write down some of the methods that you've tried. And now try getting into your child's world and imagine what he or she is learning from the methods that you have tried. So then you want to think about what have your neighbors tried? What do other parents do? What kind of parenting advice have you received? What did your mom and dad do? What did your grandma and grandpa do to your mom and dad? Um, Make a list. So same thing again. Get a blank page. Draw a line down the middle. And on the left, write discipline methods used. And on the right, what write what the child would learn from it, okay? So the examples here are spanking on discipline method, spanking. The child learns it's okay to hit people to get what you want. Um, Discipline method used, yelling. Child learns to tune out and not listen. Think about as an adult, if somebody yells at you, you tune out, right? You don't want to hear it. Um, Discipline method used. Threatening. What the child might learn. Don't believe you mean what you say. Because a lot of times with a threat, we don't follow through. Discipline method used. Punishment. Child learns fight or flight response. Discipline method. Time out, naughty chair. Child learns to resist or rebel. Um, Discipline method lecturing. Child might think about how to get even or how to avoid getting caught because they hate the lectures. Discipline method used. I've told you a hundred times. This results, uh, what the child learns is power struggle. Uh, Discipline method used. uh, Withdrawing love and affection. Child learns to become an approval junkie constantly trying to get your approval because they want that love and affection. Um, If you use praise as a discipline, they have to get the the job done before they get the praise or else they could develop entitlement. Same with rewards. Um, They could develop entitlement. If if your discipline method is overprotecting the child, the child will learn that they are not capable. If your discipline method is to rescue your child, they'll feel not capable. 
they won't master those developmental milestones that they need to master in order to grow. Um, If you constantly give in as a discipline method, because you're exhausted, I give up, I give in, let them have whatever they want so they'll shut up, um, your child will learn no boundaries. If you give up, they learn they feel like they don't belong and they may give up or seek love in dangerous places when they're older. So never give up. So why do parents use methods that are not effective long term? Are you afraid that if you are not punitive, you're, you're being too permissive? Is it because you just have run out of tools? Is it because you forget the long-term effects of what you do? Is it because you expect your children to control their own behavior, even though you're not controlling yours? Think about the reasons that some of the methods used are not effective long-term. So here's a competent, giant activity that you can do. So from your list of strategies, discipline strategies, choose the one you use more often than you would like to and talk with a friend about it. Maybe it's yelling. Ask your friend if he or she will role play with you to help you get into your child's world. Have them stand on a chair while you kneel on the floor and look up at them. For about 20 seconds, ask your friend to use and exaggerate the method that you chose. So uh, the example would be yelling. You have your friend stand on a chair so they're super duper tall because to our children we are giants, right? So have your friend stand on a chair, be super tall. You kneel down on the floor, look up at them and have your friend yell and, and tell. A lot of telling and a lot of yelling at you. When the role play is finished, process the activity by taking turns sharing what you were thinking, feeling, and deciding, both as the child and the adult. And keep in mind that children are not consciously aware of what they're deciding. They don't have the same processing tools that we do. So share what you were thinking as the child of doing in the future. That is the decision. Be sure to apologize to your friend so he or she isn't left with negative feelings from being scolded. So make sure your friend will, you know, at the end of the role play activity, say, hey, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Um, Teaching by modeling. Try apologizing to your child if you have been disrespectful. Children are so forgiving and you will both feel better. I have an example of this, and I have permission to use the story. Uh, One mother was raised by a family who yelled and screamed and did a lot of telling and very little asking. So when this woman had a child of her own, she oftentimes became frustrated with the child's resistance and yelled a lot. And one day, the child cowered in the corner and cried and the mother said why are you doing that and the child said you scare me when you yell at me 
And this is what broke the pattern in that family tree because the mother was heartbroken and empathy poured from her heart and she thought, oh my God, I must look like a monster. I'm so much taller and this little four-year-old is terrified of me and I have just become my mother who I hate. Wow. So a lot of feelings go through us. Imagine when you were little, somebody yelling at you. It was scary, right? So kind of write down what it feels like to put yourself in that position and role play that position and have somebody yelling at you. If your um, if your chosen um, discipline was not yelling, maybe it was spanking or something else, role play that out with a friend and put yourself in the mind of a child and process how that felt for you and what kind of skill or um, trait will develop in you in the future as a result. So check your characteristics and life skills list again and see if you were learning any of them while role-playing the child. Here's a tip and it says eye to eye. So it's good to get at eye level with your child. If you have a four-year-old, kneel down on the floor. Get to eye level with them. If you have a teenager, sit straight across from your teenager at the same eye level because this is a position of respect. You'll notice a change in you when you take a position of respect. And sometimes your teenagers will refuse to look at you. They'll say, I can hear you without my eyes. You know, that's fine, but you're still going to show them respect. Keep remembering that you are not supposed to be perfect. You're just working to improve. So apologize for your mistakes. If you accidentally yell and you're trying not to yell at your kids anymore and you yell at them, immediately stop yourself and say, hey guys, I'm sorry I yelled. I'm so frustrated because you're, you're modeling, identifying your feelings and, and personal accountability for your feelings and reactions. And that will plant seeds in their brain that will grow and become a life skill later. So keep that in mind. Long-term results. External motivators such as punishment and reward can be effective if all you are interested in is stopping the behavior right now or temporary compliance, which can be appropriate at times. However, punishment and reward does not always help your child develop internal motivation to learn characteristics and life skills that you might want for them. So there are three R's of punishment. There's rebellion, there's revenge, and there's retreat. With rebellion, they think thoughts or say things like, you can't make me do this, I'll do whatever I want. With revenge, they think, oh, I'm going to get even, and I'll hurt you back even if it hurts me. And retreat results in low self-esteem. They start thinking, oh my God, I'm a bad person. Or they get really sneaky and they, they think, okay, I just won't get caught next time. So belief behind the behavior. Most parents don't really understand that children are always making decisions in response to their experiences, just like we do as adults. 
and these decisions affect them for the rest of their lives, even though they're not consciously aware of their decisions. So children are more impulsive. Um, they don't really develop full logic until about the age of nine. So they, they tend to be very impulsive and, um, they're not always consciously aware of the decisions that they make. And sometimes if you say, why did you do that? They might say, I don't know. And they're probably being quite honest. So it's, it's important to reframe that question as to, um, what, what were you expecting to happen when you did that, honey? (laughs) And they might have a good answer there. Other positive discipline, no no's. No punishment, no permissiveness, no rewards, no praise, no pampering, don't rescue or fix, no punitive timeout, don't ground them, don't take away privileges as a punishment. And there are three hands holding up signs that say, no, no, no. <laughs> so positive discipline is, is never humiliating. There's no blaming, no shaming, and no pain. Punishment invites compliance or rebellion, not change. Permissiveness teaches children, I'm the center of the world and love means getting others to take care of me and give me everything I want and I'm not capable and I can't survive disappointment. So what else is there if there's not punishment or reward? Because that's what most of us learn, right? So there's at least 52 positive discipline tools so here's a few examples. Back talk, acting without words, validating feelings, distract and redirect, hugs, wheel of choices, limited choices, and eye contact, getting eye level with your child. So these are a few examples from a deck of positive discipline tool cards. And it helps to know that there are many, many alternatives to punishment and reward or permissiveness. When faced with a challenge, randomly choose one of these eight tools that I just described and decide together which tool would work best with your child. So here's five criteria for positive discipline. Number one. It is kind and firm at the same time, respectful and encouraging. Number two, you help your children feel a sense of belonging and significance, connection. Number three, you're being effective in the long term. Number four, this means it teaches valuable social and life skills for good character. Number five, you invite your children to discover how capable they are and to use their power constructively. All positive discipline tools accomplish all five criteria. However, meeting these guidelines may require giving up some faulty beliefs. Number one, are you sometimes too kind and then too firm? Number two, are you too kind because you believe punishment equals being mean or disrespectful? Number three, are you too firm because you believe your kids will become spoiled brats if they're not punished? Number four, do you become frustrated when you switch between punishment and permissiveness 
and find that neither approach works to create the happy family you want? Positive discipline parenting tools help you to avoid all of these extremes. The importance of and in kind and firm. The importance of and in kind and firm. That was a hard sentence. (laughs) So a foundation of positive discipline is to be kind and firm at the same time. Some parents are kind, but they're not firm. Others are quite firm, but not kind. Many parents will vacillate between the two on a continuum, either being too kind until they can't stand their kids who develop entitlement, and then they're being too firm until they can't stand themselves because they feel like a tyrant. So validate feelings. Here's a good example. I know it's hard to stop playing and it is time for homework. Showing understanding. I can understand why you would rather watch TV than do your homework and homework needs to be done first. Redirection. You don't want to brush your teeth and we'll do it together. Want to race? (laughs) Agreement in advance. I know you don't want to mow the lawn And what was our agreement? As soon as. You don't want to go to bed. And it is bedtime. Do you want one story or two stories as soon as your pajamas are on? A choice and then a follow through by deciding what you will do. I know you want to keep playing video games and your time is up. You can now turn it off or it will be put in my closet. Until next time. The and in kind and firm questions. Think of a recent power struggle you experienced with your child who resisted what you wanted him or her to stop doing. Think about who said what, who did what, and then what was the outcome. When you look at what you have thought about, think about what you did or said that could have been interpreted as firm but not kind. Then think about what you did or said that could be kind but not firm. And then kind of get into your child's head and make a guess about what he or she may have been thinking or feeling or deciding to do in response. Now I want you to kind of Think about the same scene in your head, but think about being kind and firm at the same time. Kindly validate your child's feelings, verbalize understanding of what he or she wants, and then firmly state what needs to be done. Add a choice, add a redirection, or a kind and firm statement about what you will do. So that's a good practice. Why is it so hard? You've heard parenting tools you agree with, but you still find yourself slipping into old habits. Parenting is hard. We're not born knowing how to do this. So cut yourself some slack. 
none of us are perfect and the parents who pretend to or portray the image to the outside world that they are a perfect parent they have a lot of skeletons and insecurities that we don't see on the surface they're just as screwed up as we are okay nobody is a perfect parent we're all learning so sometimes when you know better you don't always do better Because we have buttons, and guess who knows where those buttons are? Our kids, they push our buttons so bad. You will find it helpful to understand the brain, to know why you sometimes react, and why sometimes punishment doesn't work. This next page has the brain in the palm of your hand. So hold up your hand with your palms open. The palm of your hand to your wrist represents your brain stem. This is the fight, flight, freeze part of your brain. Move your thumb into the palm of your hand. Your thumb represents the midbrain, the amygdala, where old memories that created feelings of inadequacy and mistaken decisions about how to find belonging and significance are stored. Now fold your fingers over your thumb to make a fist. Your fist represents the cortex of your brain. The prefrontal cortex is the only place where rational thinking and emotional control takes place. Regulation of emotions, regulation of interpersonal relationships, response flexibility, intuition, social cognition, self-awareness, letting go of fears, morality, and much more. When you get upset, you flip your lid, flip your fingers up, and expose the midbrain. That's where you act from old, irrational emotions and fight or flight. Very interesting, huh? Kind of gives you a visual of what your brain does when you lose your shit as a parent. So, you can't solve a problem at the time of conflict if you have flipped your lid, right? So why do parents try to correct a child when both are in a flipped lid state? You're afraid of letting the child get away with it, you're afraid they're not doing what they're supposed to, and you're afraid your child will be a little monster forever and ever. Where did we get the crazy idea to make children do better? First, we have to make them feel worse, (laughs) right? Taking time for cooling off, time out. That's a great life skill to teach your children too. Children do better when they feel better. So helping children feel better does not mean pampering, fixing, and rescuing. It means helping them to feel encouraged, sometimes by simply allowing them to just have their feelings so that they can learn that they can survive the ups and downs of life and feel capable and resilient in the process. So when you have flipped your lid and your child has flipped your lid and you're in a power struggle, time out. Time out for mommy and daddy too. Time out. Everybody just go to your corners and wait until later to talk about things. Gotta really choose your battles. So the brain and child development. It is heartbreaking when children are punished for behavior 
that is developmentally typical and beyond their control. It is developmentally appropriate for young children to explore and test boundaries. With this understanding, parents will know why it is important to use kind and firm parenting. The prefrontal cortex is where you know right from wrong, your morality, you regulate your emotions, your self-control, and you have the ability to respond instead of react rationally. The prefrontal cortex doesn't finish developing for 25 years, so children don't have a fully formed prefrontal cortex. They do not have the neurology to self-regulate the way that we do as adults. That is why it's our job to model self-regulation until their brains are able to absorb it. The idea is not to stop from ever flipping your lid because you're going to. Unless you are some sort of a saint, you will flip your lid sometimes. The challenge is to be more aware of what's happening sooner. As your awareness increases, you'll be able to choose self-soothing methods sooner and you can teach your children to do the same. Here's why toddlers don't understand the word no. Some parents think a one or two year old can understand the word no, so they slap hands and they say no, no. This is very confusing to a child who doesn't understand no at the same maturity level as an adult. So this demonstration will help you understand why even positive timeout is not effective for children under the age of four. They really cannot understand a higher level cause and effect and they're likely to develop self-shame and doubt. So um, find two glasses that are the same size, one glass that is taller and thinner, and one glass that is shorter and fatter. Fill the two glasses that are the same size with water until a four-year-old agrees they are the same. Then in front of the four-year-old, pour the water from the one glass into the short fat glass and the other one into the tall thin glass. Then ask your child if they are still the same. Your child will say no and will tell you which glass he or she thinks has the most water. Repeat this demonstration with a six-year-old. They will also tell you the same amount of water has been poured. And do you know why? So it's interesting um, to look at their logic at this age. So if you have a glass that holds, let me just kind of explain this. If you have a glass that holds eight ounces of water, take another glass that's a different shape and size that also holds eight ounces of water and then pour it into that glass and ask your child, does that have as much water as this one? Are they the same? And it will give you more insight into how they process and how their logic works. What is the most popular discipline method used today? Is it timeout, grounding, jail in your room, naughty chair, think about what you did? So here's a little exercise. Pretend you have just come home from work and your spouse greets you at the door and says, 
I can't believe you left such a mess in the bathroom this morning. I am sick and tired of cleaning up after you. Go to your room and think about what you did, and don't you come out until I say you can. If your spouse said that to you, how would you think? What would you feel? And what would you decide to do? So imagine that your child is thinking, feeling, and deciding. What are they thinking, feeling, and deciding when they're sent to a timeout? And then go to, go to your future list and see if you can find anything on the list that the child would be learning that would be a good skill for them to have as an adult. Check your characteristics and life skills list again to see what you might be learning as a child sitting in a punitive time out. Would you be thinking, thank you so much. This time out is so helpful. I'm so grateful that I'm learning so much. I can hardly wait until I bring all my problems to you because you are so encouraging. It's very unlikely. Are you thinking about revenge? Are you thinking about how to avoid getting caught next time? Or are you possibly thinking you are a bad and unlovable child? And how will this transfer to your adult mentality? So create a positive timeout area with your children. Sit down with your child and create a positive timeout area with him or her. Start by saying something like, You know, sometimes we get upset and we just have to calm down. So let's create a positive timeout area. This isn't about punishment. We're not in trouble. It's just a place that we can calm down and feel better. If you had a corner you could fix up with things that would help you feel better, what would you put in that corner? It might include pillows, stuffed animals, books, or music. Make a list of everything your child thinks would help him or her feel better. This is going to be like a coping tools corner. So timeout has a pretty punitive reputation. And you can change that by encouraging your child to give this special timeout place a special name. Um, Naming it increases ownership in their mind. So they can call it their feel-good place, their cool-off spot, sparkles, space, whatever they choose to call it. Um... And there's, there's a book called Jared's Cool Out Space available at www.positivediscipline.com. And it's uh, kind of an inspirational book that you can share with your kids that will help them to be inspired to create their own timeout space. So here's how you use positive timeout. Instead of telling your child, you're in timeout, get out of here. Go to your corner. It's better to say, Hey, would it help you to go to your cool-off place right now? Would you like me to go with you? Do you need my help so that you can calm down? And here are some other alternatives. You can ask, What else might help you right now? And you can put this problem on the meeting of the family, uh, the agenda of the family meeting where you guys can all brainstorm to help this child when they're upset. You can choose a solution from the positive discipline tools. You can use um, the wheel of choice. You can jump on a trampoline. You can rant and rave. 
until your feelings go away. You can go sit in your timeout corner. Um, the wheel of choices. It's a big wheel. It has eight sections. It's like a. It looks like a pizza. So draw a pizza with eight sections, and you have apologize, stop, count, count from one to whatever, share, share something, pick a new game, meet new friends, walk away, or use the word I to say I feel and whatever the feeling is, or apologize. That's another slice. So points to remember with uh, timeout. Even positive timeout is rarely appropriate for children under the age of three or four. There are many other positive discipline tools that might be more appropriate for all ages. And I'm out of time for today. So I hope this was helpful and we will definitely pick up on the next few assignments in this workbook. If you would like a copy of this workbook, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you get one and download it and print it out. Um, It is a rather large workbook, but I can go through it with you with these podcasts and you can hang on to it to review. So go to www.positivediscipline.com. That's where I got the workbook from. I've used it in parenting groups. And I've had a lot of, I, I haven't, but the parents have had a lot of success. They, nev- they never became perfect parents, but they had a lot of success trying some of these tools. And, you know, keep in mind, all these tools do not work for all the children of the world. It's just suggestions and tools to put in your toolbox to help you feel less frustrated and to help you parent in a more positive way than you were parented. So, don't judge yourself, pat yourself on the back. You are a good parent because you're listening to this because you want more tools, which means you are trying to learn and grow so you can teach your child to learn and grow. And that is a beautiful thing. So thank you for listening to your therapy tools. Until next time, stay positive.